After a long six-month absence, Baker and Brown's NBA Basketball Podcast is back. I'm here with Kyle. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Nate? Good, man. It's been a long time, so we're just going to get right into it and hope that the rust fades away as we <laughs> as we progress here. Uh, so this episode, we're focusing on kind of the mid-season awards, so the big awards in the NBA, uh, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man, and Most Improved coach of the year and as well we're also going to give our five all-star starters as well as our seven reserves on the all-star team so yeah without further ado why don't you take us away mvp sure yeah so as of now uh for for mvp and (coughs) keeping in mind this is if like the season ended today yes so not as much of like yeah oh yeah we should say we should say that these mid-season awards are if the season ended ended today that's who we'd be picking yeah or like if awards were given (coughs) at the halfway point in the year and then done again so um, as of now, I've got James Harden to go back to back for MVP, and it it was a tough decision. I think like for me, it was kind of split. Like I had three players that I really thought could win and can still certainly win. Yeah. Uh, and Kawhi Leonard and Giannis are the other two for me. Uh, but I ended up going with James just like based on looking at the numbers that he's putting up this year in comparison to what he put up last year, mm-hmm. and it reminds me a little bit of like Steph Curry, the year Steph Curry won his second MVP. Like, if you look, remember his first MVP, where, like, I didn't even really know if he should have won MVP. Yeah. Comes back the next year, only improves on those numbers. And it's hard to, when a guy improves on his season from the year before when he won the MVP, right. it's hard for him not to win it again. So, I looked at 34 points a game, which is crazy. Absurd. Um, and just, like, what he, what he means to that Rockets group, especially mm-hmm. when, uh, like with, when Paul's around. Like, he's just so talented and so special. And in the end, like, Kawhi's obviously been huge for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And Giannis is the lead, like the leader of the Bucks on the court, but I I really feel like Harden's doing more for his team to to get them to where they are. So right, that's why I went with James. Okay, interesting. And so your top three just Harden, Giannis. So I had, I had Harden, Kawhi number two, Kawhi and number two, Giannis number wow. three, but like really a two A two B scenario. Okay, yeah. Uh, the only reason I went with Kawhi is like with the two players being really really close. Yeah, I tend to always just lean to the better lean to the better team right and or the better record I should say and in Kawhi's case it's the best record in the Eastern Conference so mm-hmm. that's why I lean to him at number two yeah let's talk about Harden sure. for a minute because I I have a couple different guys well order and one different guy in my top three so Harden I think a lot of the the hype like that he's had is the last you know month and a month and a half like if you look in January the lowest points he scored is 32 I think yeah I think it's Blazers. like 36 a game in, yeah, yeah which is absolutely absurd um it kind of bugs me because they did not start, like, Harden and the Rockets did not start off great. Yeah. Which, like, everyone knows that. But, you know, you kind of look at the last 15 games and you see all the highlights and it's like, wow, wow, Harden, how can he not get MVP? To me, though, I think he has to do, like, a bit more. And I think a big part of MVP is, like, how, you know, the team is playing. And to me, if you take James Harden out of that team, I don't know how good the Rockets are going to be, especially with Chris Paul out. They've obviously like lacked a huge, you know, help from on defense with Ariza being gone. Mm-hmm. PJ Tucker has been very spotty this year, and I don't think, you know, without Harden, they're not, you know, the team that they are. Which could actually like you go in favor and say, you know, there's a great point for MVP because if you take that guy out, he's the biggest player. And yeah, I don't know. I I, I think his defense has improved a lot. Two steals is a, a game right now, which is a great stat to have, especially because he gets so much flack for yeah. his defense. Um, 
he's actually like per 100 possessions, he's shooting 16.83s a game and 12.6 free throws. Yeah. Which is if you look at the rest of like a lot of the stars in the league, that's absurd. Yeah. Almost 17 threes a game. Um, not making, but attempting. So I like Harden. He's he was my number two. So what, I think it's 17 threes per per hundred possessions. Yeah, yeah. The average per, or, sorry, per yeah. actual game is twelve yes. and a half. But yeah, still yeah. Sorry, I had that here per hundred possessions. Yeah. Um, per a pretty crazy rate. Yeah, honestly, I and mean, he's shooting at such a clip, and it kind of you know I don't know if that's you know a play out of D'Antoni's book, just shoot until you make it. Yeah. Um, but he's obviously been awesome. But for me, the the top guy is Giannis. Okay. Um, just because. You know, going again. If you take Giannis out of that team, I think the the Bucks are still good. They're what second in the East right now. They yeah. were they were teeter tottering at the top there before. I think they lost to the Raptors, and the Raptors put them ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's you know he has his flaws. He's turning the ball over a lot this season. Four turnovers a game. Um, he's shooting seventeen percent from three, which is not great. I mean, a lot of the criticism for Giannis is that he can't shoot, so. It's, he obviously still has some work to do in that area. But I think a lot of like the success we've seen from Giannis is, is the system that the Bucks are in right now, running, running you know, with Mike Budenholzer at the, at the helm there. You know, they're running pretty quick. They're finally figuring out how to defend the, the three ball, which was a big struggle for them. We'll see how that holds up in the playoffs. But you look at a guy like Giannis and a guy like Harden, and you got to you wonder, you know, when do these guys plateau? Mm-hmm. And Giannis hasn't done that yet. He's, you know, upped almost every category. They're playing at such a high level. And I think, you know, it's it's fr- it's frustrating because MVP is, you know, a, a regular season award. But I think he's he's just too good. He's, t- he's too dominant. And a lot of MVP, too, is narrative, right? You know, Harden, the narrative sure. is, you know, goes back-to-back MVP. A lot of people can get on board with that. But uh, I don't know. I really liked Giannis as MVP, even at the start of the, the season. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, but tell me about Kawhi. Kawhi was your your number two pick. Sure. Yeah, I think I think with Kawhi, you mentioned how MVP can be a lot of narrative, and mm-hmm. I think with Kawhi, it could be very much like a narrative pick in like a guy who like everybody really kind of beloved two three years ago. Um, you know, two three years ago, he was this like quiet, soft spoken guy that everybody really liked. Who played on the Spurs. Yeah. Came really close. Was right in the mix to win an MVP two years two years ago. Misses a whole season, pretty much has kind of the off the court drama in San Antonio, and kind of the public sort of fades off of him. And now he comes back in Toronto and is having this really strong year and is really bought in. And I think across the board, his his numbers look look really strong. Uh, you know, if you just paired them against that 2016-2017 season, mm-hmm. uh, his last full season with the Spurs, when he was right in the mix to win the MVP, the numbers look really really similar. He's playing on the best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, and I think too, just like the the player he's he's been in Toronto, like you know, term, you know, here we get a lot of Toronto games. I think people watch a lot of Toronto yeah, basketball. Absolutely. Like it seems like he just comes to the comes to the arena every night, willing to work. He works his tail off, and yeah, like twenty seven points a game, um, just under eight. He's re- averaging twenty seven. Yeah, he's wow. averaging twenty seven points a game, slightly more than back in 2016-2017. He's averaging eight boards a game. Um, Obviously, like, one of these players that just shoots the ball really good from the free throw line, you can trust to make a three, shooting 37%, mm-hmm. and good around the rim. So, I think, to me, he's he's right there in the mix Yeah, with Harden and with Giannis to win, too. I think Giannis is right there, like, yeah, described it as, like, a kind of a 2A and 2B for second in MVP for me with Giannis and 
and yeah. Kawhi. And I think it's just going to be come down to who who finishes the strongest down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. A big thing for me why I hesitate with Kawhi is is time miss. So last year I think Harden missed ten games and yep. he still got MVP. And I know that you know Kawhi is obviously there, rightfully so, taking him slow, not playing back to backs. I think he's playing back to backs now. Yeah, but I think he just missed too much time compared to the other guys. That that's kind of my only detriment from him. But I. As far as Kawhi, I'll talk about him a bit later. Sure, yeah. So Yon, as of as of today, Giannis has played thirty eight games mm-hmm. this season. Uh, Kawhi has played thirty three games. Oh wow! And Harden has played thirty seven games. So he's four games so behind. He's, he's Harden. right there, eh? And I'm not I'm not sure like how many more games the Raptors have played than those two teams. I don't have that, but yeah, it's relatively close. Yeah, that is close. That's closer than I thought. Yeah, actually. but probably finished ten game. You know, barring anybody getting injured, probably yeah. finishes with ten less games. Yeah, for sure. I expect him to rest a bit. Yeah, in and he's been good. I think he's kind of. Felt fallen off a bit defensively over the stretch of the year. Like he started, you know, right out the gate, mm-hmm. really going for it. But I think it's also the Raptors are in a bit of a slump. The last, you know, since kind of Boxing Day, I think they've been sure. kind of been in a slump, which you know doesn't help his case. But yeah, I think as you said, it's really going to come down to you know how these guys finish. For sure. Um, the last guy, you know, we have to we have to mention is Anthony Davis. You okay. know, who's been in the we won't talk about him too much because he's been in the MVP you know, conversation for the last, I don't know, three, four years. Almost every year. Yeah. Other than his rookie year, yeah. And so Davis, for me, the off-season narrative that is going on with him kind of takes too much away from the player that he is now, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. You know, after every game, you know, he's, I think he had like 37-13 last night, and he's just playing so good. But I feel like every time he plays good, it's, oh, think about how great of a fit he would be with LeBron. Oh, think of how great a fit he would be with Kyrie. And I don't think you know people are appreciating the player he is now. He's only 25 too, which he does not look 25 years old. Um, <laughs> and so I think like you know in the NBA stereotypically 25, 26 is kind of your prime years. And I think if Davis doesn't get it th- this year, which you know it's not looking like it, he's kind of in the third slot for me in my selection. I think next year, depending on what jersey he's wearing, which I don't think is going to be a Pelicans one, which is totally. Different conversation. Yeah, I think he definitely should win MVP because he's you know he's been kind of pushing that pushing that line for so long now, and he's such a good player, so talented, triple double machine, very good defensively, you know, very like unselfish player as well. But yeah, I think narrative really like kind of counts him out, especially in such a you know being the hottest target in in the twenty nineteen off season. I don't think he can. Uh, do both. I mean, if he, if he did, I think that would even add add to his value. And I don't know if that's, you know, if other teams looking to sign him put weight in that. But for he's sure. definitely, you know, he, top five player in the league for me. Oh, I, I don't think there's a doubt he's a top five player in the league. And he's having an incredible season. To, to me, I don't have him in that MVP discussion. Just, mm-hmm. And, you know, some of that, too, is the fact that his team's 11th in the Western right. Conference. And, you know, again, the you know his career as a stat line is unbelievable, but even just this year, you know, 29 points a game, uh, two, 2.7 blocks, which last year I think he led the league in, in blocks at 2.6. Yeah. Um, so 2.7 kind of on pace to be, to be right there again, 13.2 rebounds, um, 10 of those defensive boards. Like it, the numbers are unbelievable. Also like a really prolific free throw shooter for a big guy. You start mm-hmm. looking through big guy lot, like stat lines. There's not many guys that shoot 80%. Like, He's a he's a freak, yeah, a definitely. freak of nature. But to me, I just I can't have him in that MVP discussion because because uh, of where his team's at, and 
and yeah. where, where they are in the conference. But yeah, no, and I think a lot of people would agree with you. You know, when your when your team is you know lacking production because of a Miritich and Alfred Payton injury. Yeah, you know, it's really you're not in a good spot if that's if that's the case. And I think the Pelicans really like have a, a tough stretch ahead of them, um, especially with this ongoing free agency. Like I said, that's a different conversation, but. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you that he's not there for you. But yeah, it will be it's like if well, assuming I I don't know your all star team. I'm assuming he's gonna make it onto yeah, your all star team. Yeah, for sure. He he too made it onto my team. Uh, it'll be like his sixth time to the all star game in seven seasons. Wow. As he enters and the, the possibility only, of going somewhere. Only else, time was his rookie his year. His rookie yeah. year. Yeah, he didn't make it his rookie year, but has made it every year. Has averaged twenty points, more than twenty points a game, for every career. single year. Yeah, for his career, yeah. for sure, and the only season he didn't rookie year as a nineteen year old. Yeah, so. that's nuts. Yeah, who is on that rookie team, real quick? Because uh, like, well, Chris Paul was the team. Gone yeah, the then. team was the was still Hornets. Hornets. Uh, Al Farouk Amino was on that team. Oh, God. so that's like way back. Chief, like chief, chief. He played on a lot of teams. Uh, Eric Gordon was on that oh, team. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. His fourth year in the league. Okay. Uh, Austin Rivers was a rookie on that team. Yeah, okay, um, now it's coming. Now Gravis it's Vasquez was on there. Oh, too. yeah. A Raptors legend. Oh, yeah. Love yeah. me some Gravis Vasquez. Was David Westall there? Um, or is he gone? He might have been on the, no, the Spurs wasn't. at that Ryan point. Anderson was on that team. Oh, I think that's when Ryan Anderson won most improved. One of those years. Or maybe he was still on the Magic. But they anyways, were, we're, we're going off on a tangent here. Yeah, they were quite... They were quite bad. They were twenty seven and fifty five. Yeah. Sounds like a bunch of role players. Yeah. Except Davis. That which, doesn't sound ideal. Which, honestly... You look at the Pelicans now. What are they? It's they're, not much different. They're, they're, it's not much different. No. Who's the next star on the Pelicans? Julius Randle. Yeah, as of now, probably yeah. Randle. Like yeah, he's, he's having really a breakout season, a great yeah, signing. But for sure, yeah, I think sure. you'd, you'd be right. But I'd I'd, I'd categorize Randle as a as a role player more than you know someone who could lead a team. Yeah, I think you think of him as like a really like an elite kind of bench player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyways, yeah, that's not great. Yeah, let's 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 go on here to Defensive Player of the Year. So I think this one, this one's always very hard for me. Um, the first guy that you know comes to mind is Embiid because of he's actually not my selection, but I think it was Defensive Player of the Year. I think last year when we did this podcast, everyone said Embiid uh, for Defensive Player of the yep. Year just because I think Gobert stole it last year from him. I think Gobert missed a bunch of games at the beginning of the year and came down the stretch, and the Utah Jazz had an offensive. I mean, sorry, an awesome defensive rating and everything like that. And Gobert just took it away. But I think Embiid, what makes him so good defensively is he can really take away your best rebounder, especially offensive rebounders. I mean, you see him shut down Drummond in games, aside from all the technical fouls and flopping and all that stuff. But honestly, he makes, you know, star big men look silly. You know, if if you're a big man and you're matching up with Embiid, like one, there's the whole you know psychological game that you don't want to <laughs> enter with him. But also, like he's a very dominant rebounder. He's a very smart player. He has a great IQ, and he's a very relentless player. Can obviously like change a lot of shots at the rim. I don't love him switching on elite guards, but he's definitely you know up there for me. Uh, the other guy too that we've talked about already, Kawhi. Um, I don't think he's quite at that 2014 to 2016 level yet, where he won the. I think he went back-to-back Defensive Player of the, of the Years, yeah. uh, 2014-15 and 15-16. I'd be interested to see kind of next year how he does, even in the in the talks of MVP, but especially, especially Defensive Player of the Year, because that's kind of what he's known for next year when he's healthy. Um, you know, career high and rebounds, which is awesome, 6.6 a game. He's I think he's facilitating a great team defense. And the thing I wanted to talk about with Kawhi is, 
I think he has to do, he has to take, like, he takes less of a weight on this Raptors team, you know, with guys like Kyle Lowry, who's a very defensive-minded guard, you know, Pascal Siakam breaking out, playing really good defense. Um, I think he has to do a lot less than he did on the Spurs. You know, in, this, in that Spurs starting unit, guys would attack Tony Parker, attack Manajinoli, and Kawhi would have to, you know, be kind of moving all over the place and yeah. trying to make up. So I think he's had to do a lot less. But even still doing less, he's been a very, very elite defensive player. Sure, and I think, too, for, for Kawhi, like Kawhi came into the to the NBA, obviously still as, I think, the last pick in the lottery, but, like, pretty raw. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty raw player coming from San Diego State, and I think sometimes when you when you have a player that's that's quite raw uh, but has a lot of physical gifts like Kawhi does, I think very much you become a product of the system that you play in, uh, especially yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah. I think Kawhi very much like a product of the system that that uh, Pavic had in San Antonio, and now switching to a new team, it's going to be a process to like to get comfortable playing in a new defense because uh, I just don't think he's like he's not like a guy who's been you know. The best defensive player right. on every team he's ever played on since he was five years old. Like mm, it's a yeah, process. Yeah. So um, I like those. I like those a lot. I think it's it's hard to argue with them. Uh, for me, I had Giannis for defensive player of the year, and I think there's a chance, a decent chance that he could win both mm-hmm. this year. Um, Which this, I don't know if that's what the last time that's been done. Yeah, probably a while. Anyways, but, but yeah, no, I think like for me, there's a few different guys that are kind of in the mix there, but I went with. With Giannis, he pretty much leads in all of the advanced defensive metrics, um, and I just think to the way he played is played defensively uh, in the games I've seen. I haven't seen a ton of Bucks games, but the games I've seen, I've been really, really impressed, and and the numbers kind of back it up. Uh, for me, if I had to like give a second and third player, uh, I think you mentioned you mentioned George. Mm-hmm. Like Paul George is right there for me too. Is always a great defensive player. Uh, you mentioned Embiid. Um, Another guy that, and I don't, I don't think he should be in the mix to win this award, but I do think he will uh, surprise some people when he gets named to first team all defense at the end of the season. Is Westbrook? Hmm. Interesting. Westbrook okay. is having a really, really good defensive season, and yeah, not a great offensive season. No, and as a point guard, I don't think you can get like he's not going to win that defensive player of the year award. Yeah. It just doesn't really fit that spot, and you don't play enough like high leverage minutes against the best guys in the NBA in, a, mm-hmm. in the way that like a Giannis like when LeBron and the, and the Lakers rolled the town right Giannis has to try and go out there and, and guard against LeBron um, Raptors and Bucks right Kawhi is going up against Giannis and as a point guard you just don't see matchups like that in the modern NBA but I think he will be the point guard on the or one of the two guards on first team all defense I've been really really impressed that's interesting I, I haven't even thought of Westbrook in that light that's a really good point yeah. and I think that just shows like the Oklahoma City defense. And so my defensive player of the year is Paul George, which I don't think is a popular take. I think he, you know, Oklahoma is obviously playing a great team defense. So they're right up there in top five uh, in the league right now, if I believe. I think Paul George also is top five perimeter defenders in the league, you mm-hmm. know. And then you mentioned like matchups, but in a game that's so focused on shooting the ball right now and, you know, guards kind of on in a, the perimeter game and a lot of these fours and fives shooting the three ball. I think, you know, in an Oklahoma matchup, you know, in the playoffs and in the regular season, I think that's Paul George is guarding the Durants, you know, the Hardens, the LeBrons. Maybe not. He, You know, he has decent size. I think he, he plays some four for them. And I know he did play some four in Indiana. But he, 
you know, can has the ability to, you know, guard these guys. I think beginning of the year, it was Oklahoma City and uh, the Warriors, and him and Durant were in a awesome, like, showdown. Like, they were guarding each other, and, you know, I think they both had, like, 30-some, 20-some points, but it was awesome. I, I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he does on, mm. on defense. You know, the only time we see Paul George highlights really is, you know, when he scores 25 in the quarter or, you know, things like that. And he shoots the ball a lot, which, you know, I think kind of helps his defense because he's not exerting so much energy by, you know, driving. I think early in his career he was very much, you know, a driver to the basket, facilitated that, and a totally different offense in Indiana as well. But – I'd give it to him. I think he just steals the ball a lot. He's very very high IQ on defense. Um, but you know all these all these players, any honest as well, great great defensive players. Gobert not in there for either of us. No. Do you want to do you want to touch on that a bit? Because I think he's kind of been a, a staple for this category for the last few years. Sure. Yeah. And I think I think maybe some of that too is just like you mentioned last year. Mm-hmm. I think maybe like a little bit of like just fall over from that and yeah. like kind of being surprised. And like I still think like if I had to give you give you a top five, um, so for this award, if you're filling out a ballot, there's only three spots right. as opposed to MVP. There's five. If I had five spots, he probably makes it. And like again, as with most guys who are kind of stalwarts in a category, his numbers are like the numbers are there. But I think sometimes if you've won in the past and had those big defensive seasons, mm-hmm. you just kind of got to show something else. Yeah. To kind of make, to kind of reestablish yourself and win the award, and I just don't think it's there. Like. Mm-hmm. He's fourth in defensive win shares. He trails both Giannis and Paul George in that category. Um, and then, like in in defensive plus minus, he sits third. Yeah. Giannis leads the category. I the thing is, too, defensive metrics are built for players like Rudy Gobert, so you have to kind of play that into right. You do yeah. The big like the big center is always going to look good on paper mm-hmm. in defense. So to not even like be dominating these categories is a little bit of a letdown for a guy like that. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree, and I think the big thing too with those defensive stats is that how the team's doing, right? And the Jazz, sure. you know, so it's it's great that he's up there, kind of third in the mix as far as like stats. But the Jazz have been shocking defensively sure. a lot, a large portion of the season. And a lot of times, if you're not playing on a great team, like you think about how many games a guy like Giannis or Kawhi or even Paul George, they're playing a lot of games that are like tight in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. really difficult defensive games. You know, for a team like the Jazz, I don't know. There's there's certainly less of those. Don't know how many less, but there's certainly less of those like tight battle it to the battle it in the final fourth quarter minutes. So I don't know. That's kind of the reason I left him off. Just to kind of go back to your your point of uh, Paul George, I think like right now Paul George not only having an amazing defensive season, but just like an outstanding season. He's uh, back. He's back, he's and his back num- these are the swing. best numbers he's ever had in his career. And I think probably a top five MVP guy at the yeah, moment. Yeah, that's a conversation that I've had with a few people. Um, and I know a couple other, you know, podcast shows I listen, they have kind of teeter-tottered with that Paul George top five for MVP, you said, right? Yeah. And it's it's tough, you know, like there's so many good players that, who are doing a little bit of everything right, right now. And... You know, you look at a guy like James Harden, who's you know probably top three in most people's MVP category, but he's sure his you know he's getting two steals a game. But is he up there as far as like a defensive player as George? Yeah. No. And if is George kind of close to what James Harden is doing offensively? Yes. So, you know, in theory, if you, if you if you had to pick like you know a player to build a franchise around, Paul George or or James Harden, that's a great question. 
I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'd probably lean towards George for me personally, just because of the defense, right? Yeah. So if I value the defense more than the offense, why is Paul George not in the top five? Anyways, it's just a lo- a logic thing that I I think is a little flawed in, in people's reasoning. Um, we get to move on here. Yeah. Six man. Um, Lou Williams is not here, unfortunately. <laughs> he is having a decent season though. Um, he is. Yeah, I'll start off. So. Probably the most underrated guy in this category, Spencer Dinwiddie for me. Awesome, he's, awesome yeah, pick. He's our he's our best option. He's probably the best player on the Nets right now, easily. Um, this the contract he recently signed shows that. I don't know, I forget how much it was, uh, but gr- it was a very like reasonable contract and it was well deserved. It came right off right after he he dropped like forty points, I think, which is kind of funny timing. But three years, thirty four million dollar extension. Yeah, which so is is pretty, that is that rookie scale uh, extension? Yes. Yeah. So that's like because he was. Like, he was drafted by the Pistons, if I believe right, and then he got shipped out of there pretty quick. Yeah, that's like that's like kind of right on that. What used to be three, four years ago would have been considered a bench contract for sure. Yeah, and now it's kind of borderline to starter bench, but yeah, a nice kind of a contract where you can play on the bench, third year player option. Mm-hmm. Sign that back in December. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of like bench to starter, I would love to see him starting next year. D'Angelo Russell is. A free agent, you know, he has an expiring contract with I think he's getting paid seven million this year. Why even wait till next year? Why, why don't you try it now? Like, yeah, what that's true. You know, the Nets have come a long way, and uh, I read a great article that talked to when they played Boston last week. Mm-hmm. Not to get off topic, but they got blown out. They, yeah, but yeah. talked about just like how, in a lot of ways, though, the trade is kind of behind them now. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, when who, you wrote, think who of, wrote that article? I, can't I saw, remember, yeah. I wish I could give them a shout out. Yeah, to these, shoot. To the, few listening to this, but I thought it was... It was a big guy. It was, it was like a big ESPN writer or something. Yeah, it was either ESPN or The Athletic. Yeah. Those kind of the main two, but for me, but just like how now, and I, I thought when I read the article, I thought this is spot on. Like, I don't really think about the Nets in mm-hmm. the eyes of that trade anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because it's haunted them for so long. Oh, for sure. And it, it will forever yeah. be a moment in, in Nets history, but it feels like they've yeah. sort of moved past it. And have done a really good job in the last few years of starting to piece together a team. And this will be the the first year they have their own draft. They have pick their pick, yeah. Because Colin Sexton, the, which the the Cavs had, was a pick still from that trade. Yeah. Via the Irving trade, via the the trade, the Paul yeah. Piercing, which is crazy to think. Uh, but yeah, I I mean yeah, I think a lot of going back to you know your question of why not, why not start him right now? I think they're trying to you know build up Daniel like D'Lo's value I mean he he came in you know kind of on a what do you call uh with Mozgov right so they they took some bad contracts and, yeah in order to bring him in you know he was kind of a misfit in, in that deal and he, he's been good like he's had some very good games this he's been very been productive step up for him yeah. yeah I think he's like a fan favorite for a lot of young Brooklyn <laughs> fans um but I think yeah like in the in the offseason too as Brooklyn kind of you know, gathers himself and tries to land on their feet, they don't need to shop for a point guard. So I would hate to see, you know, them bring in someone crazy. They have Shabazz Napier off the bench, who's very, a very fine, like, backup uh, point guard. I think you just run with Dinwiddie. And a lot of it is, you know, is Dinwiddie a one or is he a two? I'd play him at the one just because he has, you know, great playmaking ability. He has a very high basketball IQ. Um, his shot selection can be a little, you know, offsetting in, in a while which is why I want to, I'd rather keep him at the one so he can f- facilitate a bit more yep. but yeah he's been great and coming off the bench you know very very deserving of, of the six man award um, I'm, I, he's not 
he's the the third person for me. But you got to mention him, especially because he's a very underrated player, and he would go unnoticed to yeah. most. Yeah, I think I think he would probably win. To be yeah. honest with yeah. you, right now, I think yeah. if they voted now, the like the writers who vote for the award, who you know really watch so much NBA, mm-hmm. I think I think they would vote for him. Yeah, personally. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah. With you. He's he's up there. This was a really hard one for me. It's very difficult, and I, I always struggle with this award because, like, you know, a guy like like Dinwiddie's. We kind of know what he's going to be. Yeah. And, and he is making, you know, for being a guy drafted in the second round, you know. Okay, others. here's a question, yeah. though. Is that because he's a guard? And I feel like the ceiling for, so the next two guys are big men. Mm-hmm. I think for you and I both have the same three here. Yeah. But I, I was, you know, kind of thinking about this on the drive over here. Is the ceiling for big men higher? So you look at, like, sophomores, right? So Ben Simmons, De'Aaron Fox. Let's just yeah. say that. So why are people more excited about Ben Simmons than De'Aaron Fox, even though De'Aaron Fox has had a great year? Is it because, like, okay, he's a guard, what more can he do? And Simmons is like, oh, he can shoot more, things like that. But I feel like the, the ceiling for big men is relatively higher because now we expect so much out of big men. Yeah. Right? So now we're expecting big men to shoot. We're expecting big men to, you know, handle the ball, facilitate a little bit, not get zero assists, not be a Hassan Whiteside, you know? And so I think it's it's literally it's it's a little thing that that bugs me a bit. It's because the ceiling is so low for for guards. It's like, oh, what more can they do? You know, it's like James Harden. What more can he do? Can he, he can just play more defense? That's it. I don't know. Yeah, I think a few things. One, I think has to do with the teams in that scenario. How right. many people watch the Kings play yeah. every night? And a lot of people watch the Sixers play. Yeah. So oh, you if you're on, not watching the Kings this year, you're missing out. <laughs> Anyways, we'll talk about it in a bit. But, when, but yeah, I hear you. When you play on a team that a lot of people watch, you tend to tend to be rated higher. People see your ceilings sure. being higher. It's the fact. Yeah. It's also the fact that Simmons is six ten. Yeah. can handle the ball every time. And the he court. was he's first. The, yeah, the number yeah. one pick. Like discuss like when he came. <clears throat> to LSU, people talked about him as like being the next LeBron, which was crazy at the time and remains crazy. They but said it about Andrew Wiggins too, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think those would be kind of the two main reasons for it. But Yeah, sure. It's just interesting to me, to me though. I think we expect so much out of big men right now. But anyways, moving on. Okay. Montrez Harrell. Yep. He was, you know, second for me in this category. He's, again, Dinwiddie the best guard for the Nets. Montrez is by far the best big big man for the Clippers right now. I don't know why Doc is bringing him off the bench. You know, Gortat is kind of doing the 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 start and then, you know, getting subbed off right away. I guess Gortat's a free agent as well, so maybe the Clippers are trying to do him a solid to build him a little value for the offseason. I don't know. But career highs in every category for Montrez. Yeah. You know, he hasn't started a single game, which is incredible. I think Dinwiddie's like might have started one or two. Brings so much energy energy to the floor. I love like watching him. He's very relentless. Rebounds well. Decent passer. Doesn't turn the ball over a lot too, which is really really good. To me, he reminds me a lot of Kenneth Freed, not just because of the dreadlocks. They also look very much. Yeah, the same, yeah. <laughs> but the energy, athleticism, that that kind of you know idea of being this quote unquote animal and just getting rebounds, hustling, you know, diving on the floor. We saw like this a lot in Houston and he was emerging in the playoffs there uh two seasons ago I guess yep. yeah um what I what I but the probably the biggest thing that I like about Harold is, is his switchability you know he can in the pick and roll he's great he can 
really, you know, lock down some of these elite guards. Not all of them, you know, maybe not Steph Curry, Kyrie <laughs> quite yet, but he's only 25 too. He's playing really good defense, really good offense. I would love to see him next year. I believe he's got another $6 million on his contract with the Clippers, so I think he's going to hang out there. Hopefully Gortat leaves, bring Mr. Uh, Boban Marjanovic off the bench. Sure, maybe bring in like a third string or another second string. Just let him go. Like he, I think he really liked it. He could be a starting four, maybe a five. He's a bit undersized for a five for me. Yeah. But I think you, you got you to gotta start him. No, I, He's been awesome this I year. I love Harrell, and like you said, um, I have Harrell – as my second place, or I shouldn't say that, my third place guy for okay. for um, six man, mm-hmm. and we'll there's there's a reason for that that okay. we'll get to in a minute. Um, but unbelievable year. Yeah. I loved Harold since he was at Louisville. Had like a good career at Louisville. Yeah. It's just this basically what you see him doing for the Clippers was literally him as a starter at yeah. Louisville. Louisville just, just has fun players. Just pure energy all the time. Um, Except Gorgie Dang, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. But no, I, no. <laughs> But, yeah, like, I just thought he was super, super, like, skilled and, like, really exciting to watch at Louisville mm-hmm. and projected really well statistically into yeah. the NBA. He was drafted pretty low, right? Uh, he drafted the second pick of the second round. Okay. So. So. Yeah, slipped into the second round, which surprised a lot of people on draft night. But yeah. I had him number number three, I said. Yeah, number yep. three. And then I had Dinwiddie number two. Uh, but, yeah, an incredible year. And I thought you hit the nail on the head when you said basically career high all, all across the board and a part of. Yeah. A surprising Clippers team that's oh, yeah. better than we expected. They're what are they right now? Fourth? No, fifth in the West. They they came out of nowhere. Yeah, and, and they've really it's just been done by committee. They're fourth in the West. Yeah, 24, fourth. 24 and sixteen, which is nuts because yeah. I think they were projected to be like ninth or tenth. You know, they were tenth last very year. Very easily to see them down like that ten to twelve range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really awesome season for for the Clippers and Harrell's been a huge huge part of that. Um, but I think the last guy that we, we both agree on is DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah. I've fully converted to a Sabonis fan this season. Um, he's been, like, outstanding. Whatever, you know, scenario you've seen him in, either if it's in the clutch, he's coming in in the first quarter to, you know, establish the tone of the game, he's been dominating. Um, I think the biggest criticism people have for him is, oh, yeah, you know, he's going in against the second units, and obviously he's going to shred them apart. But that if, if you're doing that on a consistent basis that shows to me, like, okay, that's not a fair criticism. Like, if you're yeah. shredding every bench, some of these, like, really good bench teams as well, he had a great night against the Raptors the other night. It was a, a loss, but I think his uh, out uh, against the Knicks, they were in the, in MSG, and he was going up against Cantor in the post. And a lot of Sabonis' game is, you know, old-school post moves, pump fakes, up and unders, and he shredded Ennis Cantor, who's you know, a great post defender. That's probably one of the, like the few skill sets that <laughs> Ennis Cantor has. Um, his game is like slow too, which is, which I like, but he's also playing at his pace rate is a hundred. Uh, and the Pacers like are really playing at a, at a high, high clip right now. Uh, one thing too, that I really enjoyed about the Pacers this year with Sabonis being kind of the focus of the offense is they, the second unit moves the ball really well because I've been watching a lot of Pacers games recently. So I might be a little biased here. <laughs> But, you know, their first unit is obviously, like, Oladipo, and Oladipo has the ball in his hand. Yeah, the, the ball in his hands a lot. Yeah. And he's, you know, facilitating the offense. He's moving the ball. But the second unit, it's, what is it? It's, so it's Corey Joe, Tyreek. Uh, I guess Bogdanovich hangs out there. 
uh, as a as the starter than Sabonis and or Kylo Quinn and Sabonis. Yeah. So none of those guys are like ball dominant offensive players, right? So they move the ball a lot. You know, I'm sure Tyreek, you can argue that he needs the ball all the time, but they just their offense on the second unit is really fun to watch. He has a defensive rating of 101. To give you some perspective, Rudy Gobert's current defensive rating is 102.6, which is pretty cool Dang. considering Gobert's a starter and Sabonis is off the bench. Awesome player to watch in the pick and roll. I love watching him in the pick and roll. He can do the pick and pop too. He's okay from three, um, but that like long two that is not popular, but even like an elbow two, like no one seems to guard him there and he's been awesome at that but yeah what do, you, what do you have on Sabonis yeah I think for me I looked at he was also very much in play for um most improved yeah oh yeah because just having such a great year for them off the bench you mentioned like you know you mentioned how people comment that he's just shredding second units <coughs> which is basically the idea of this award exactly yeah who's playing that's the good. best against the second units yeah. and that's that's the reason that I selected him over uh Harrell um specifically for in this spot, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the, as opposed to picking him for most improved. Sorry yeah. to clarify. Yeah. I was like, the way you're dominating against second units, it makes sense to take him 15 and 10 off the bench, which is just Nuts. fantastic. And really just looking at him, set him as a player from that first year uh, that he was drafted. And with OKC, he's, he's just come so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes with a guy like that, like played two years of college basketball, was not a super high recruit. He's just going to take... Gonzaga, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was young when... Like, he's only 21. Mm -hmm. Or, or sorry, I shouldn't say. He's 22 now. But, um, like... He's 20, yeah. He's 22, but you think two... Now, halfway through his third season in the NBA, plus two years of college, he came into college pretty young. Yeah. So, I think just... It was always going to be, like, a bit of a slow development curve, and maybe some of us wrote him off a little bit too quickly, Mm -hmm. myself included. Yeah. Um, One, One thing, too, talking about trades, you look back at that... That's the trade for Oklahoma and Indiana. Right now, I don't think there's a winner in that trade. I think they both, I think both teams won. really benefited. Like, it was really good. And, you know, kudos to, is it Pritchard? Pritchard's running yeah. the Pacers right now? Kevin Pritchard for that move, kind of looking long-term and seeing some potential. Hey, maybe he didn't see it and it panned out nicely for them. And they're kind of, you know, not looking back and moving forward with Sabonis. But, yeah, really good player. Oladipo obviously has been awesome. He won the uh, most improved last year, right? So yeah. they, I like Indiana a lot, man. Uh, I, I think Pritchard maybe was the only guy in the NBA world that yeah. saw what he saw. Mm-hmm. and In both of them. Yeah, in that trade. Yeah. I, you know, you can look back. I think you can learn a lot because, like, I was a person that crushed that trade. I yeah. thought it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Pritchard would probably lose his job within a year for that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and was not alone. There was... People within the NBA that a lot of people within the NBA that thought the same thing, but For sure. Pritchard knew what he was doing and he pulled it off and he got himself a star in Oladipo, a hometown star too, yeah, um, which works really really well in kind of a smaller market team like that and a great young big to pair with his group. Yeah. Last thing before we move on, this is my I don't know if this is it might seem a little crazy to to Pacers fans and the majority of the NBA. I say trade Miles Turner. Mm. He's got he's banged a, up right now, but yeah, he's yeah. yeah he's injured right now. He's got like a four year seventy five with eighty with incentives. I think that's a palatable contract. You can get some assets in. They need you know a wing right now, and I think you got a center in the future in Sabonis. You you have that. Turner's been, I, th- I don't know. He's he's had a really good year this year, especially defensively. But I feel like he hasn't 
progressed as much as or as as the as a for a normal center that's you know he was a high draft pick. I don't think he's progressed at a great clip, and I also think just not an awesome player in the pick and roll for me. He can pick and pop fine, but I don't know. I just don't. I look at Sabonis and I'm like, man, he's he's you know we talk about him enough, but then I look at the Turner contract. I'm like. That's a that's a contract that I think a lot of teams could benefit from, and I, I think Miles Turner would benefit. I and I love Miles Turner. I think he's a great player, but I think he could benefit really a lot more in a different system. Yeah, I, I like Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure how excited I'd be about trading for him to pay him twenty million dollars for the next four seasons, though. Yeah, I mean, it's all about what you get back. True, <laughs> and I I don't know. I don't know if I think that that contract's quite as palatable uh, palatable as you do. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, personally, uh, he's a great defensive player. The offense has really, really kind of struggled this year. Yeah. And, like, I get it, he's banged up right now, but I don't know. I think I'd probably just hang on to him. Would you start both of them? I think you could try it at least. Would I think you? it works. Like, I know they're both, I think they're both, like, You'd play listed as centers, but, like, yeah. I think Turner probably plays as, as a, a traditional. Oh, I'd say more like the traditional center. Really? Wouldn't you? I just think well, like, I th- I would just put Turner at the four just because he, I'd prefer Miles Turner taking threes over Sabonis for me. Okay, I I think in my and offense I, I probably wouldn't want either launching <laughs> from deep. But sure, I, yeah. I think I if I was going to play them together, neither of them would be green lighted from three. Yeah, so you kind of just I guess it doesn't matter, but you both play them like like a five. Sure. Like it really gets like positionless basketball right mm-hmm. now, but I would try it. Why not? Yeah, they're both yeah. super talented and. Yeah. At the same time, like, sometimes it's not, like, yeah, Sabonis is 22. There's no need to, to like, try and rush him into the starting line. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe I am a little, Just, like, you know, he, especially sure you're happy. That, like, this is a team that's that's trying to win basketball games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, They'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, they're third, in the, they're third in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Like, they're trying to win basketball games. If it's working with, with Sabonis as a bench player, you keep him on the bench. Yeah. You know, every... Every good playoff team like that has a really good year and goes into the playoffs mm-hmm. has that bench guy. That's true. That steps up and plays a huge role for them. Um, and I wouldn't. I'm not sure I would mess with that right now. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I don't think Nate, Nate, Nate McMillan is the type of coach to do that. He's a very no. conserved guy. He was. He's a defensive first coach, and I think mm-hmm. you know Indiana last season really honed in on the defense, and now we're seeing the offensive offense come a bit more here. Um, anyways, I think that's that's good on. Uh, on six man, we go to most improved. Sure. Who do you got? So we've talked about him a lot already, so we yeah. won't talk too much. But I have uh, Montrez Harrell for most improved. Mm-hmm. Um, again, very similar to Sabonis, in which they're the two kind of players that I found that I thought were just having uh, like a career season and just like a huge jump from yeah. where they were. And I'll always lean towards giving this to a younger player who's kind of, so in Harrell's case, like a second round pick that basically just sort of gets thrown away as one of the bunch of guys that was included in, in the, the Chris, Chris Paul, Paul trade uh, yeah. and has really emerged and playing a, a huge, a big role for a team that's going to be in the playoffs. Um, and then Sabonis is the same thing, but I just decided because of this stuff that Sabonis is doing more second unit focused, he gets the six man, Harold gets the most improved and I've loved Harold since he was at Louisville, like I mentioned. And I, I don't know, I think the sky's kind of the limit for this guy. Yeah. Well, as, as high as your sky can be, right? But yeah. very much like reminds me of Kenneth Freed, like you mentioned, and I think he can definitely be a starter in the NBA for the next five, six years. Yeah, I mean, jump jump shot's not quite there yet, but yeah. you know he does everything so well that I think the expectation is, oh, he needs a jump shot, but 
again, like I lean towards kind of the unpopular thing, like, no, if this guy's playing well the way he is, even with Giannis too, I think, yeah, sure. It'd be off. It'd be, he'd be unstoppable if he could shoot threes, but that takes effort away from the other thing that he, the other things that he does well, like driving yeah. the basket. And so, you know, do you really, if you can pair good shooters around Montrez, you have an offensive board machine, right? Uh, the one thing too, I, I went, the criticism I have from Montrez is if you put a big guy on him or if he, cause he is, if he does play like the small ball five, yeah. he's toast. Like he, you know, if you put Embiid on him, you put Drummond on him. For sure. You put Capella even like, ah, uh, maybe, maybe not Capella, but he's kind of toast when, they, when there's a, cause he's a bit undersized. I, I don't know how tall he is. He's like what six i think he's six nine i want to say off the top of my head okay. I, I, I think that up for me yeah i will look it up for you i think i think you're you're pretty spot on at six nine uh six eight six eight so, yeah oh, yeah six eight two forty so yeah he you know i think that's his the only criticism and sure if you want to criticize the jump shot that's fine but been awesome i totally am, am on board with that uh i had three players that i kind of slotted in here the third is, again, an underrated player that I don't think enough people will talk about. Nikola Vucevic uh, has had a monster year that I don't think... Sure, people are like, oh, yeah, but, like, it's Eastern Conference, and, you know, he's he also... I saw him in on my all-star team as well in the East, um, but I think you got to give the guy credit. He's shooting incredible 53, 53% from two, 38% from three, um, you know, he had shooting 31% from three last year. So that's a 7% uptick. That's awesome. You know, he's kind of their go-to guy. He's heading into free agency. Um, I really hope no one overpays him. I think a nice two plus one contract for if it's the magic, I don't know if they'll have the money to pay him, but wherever he goes, sure. But he's in his, I think he's in his thirties as well. Um, but just came, really came out of nowhere. And you look at his numbers last year, they're pretty you know, okay, and, you know, he's always kind of been the t- one of the top players on the Magic. I think he gets a little overshadowed, uh, not justifiably by Aaron Gordon by, yep. any mean, by any means, but he's been good. Uh, the next guy, too, that I, I got to throw in there is Pascal Siakam, another guy out mm-hmm. of nowhere. Good one. Came out of this, like, bench mob. Shooting's been great. Corner three, spot on. Plays with energy similar to Harrell, um, and I think, you know, what, he's a third player, third year player. Siakam. Yep. Yeah. So I think this guy's got a very high ceiling as well. Um, just plays like with a very like relentless force, and he's he's starting now too, which is mm-hmm. which is good, and that's always a a good sign uh, for for a young prospect. Um, and then the last guy I got who I'm giving this award to is De'Aaron Fox. He's been like I said earlier. If you're not watching the Kings, start watching. They're the second in pace behind the the Hawks. They they were number one for uh, the majority of the year. One of the best games this season I've watched. It was early on. It was De'Aaron Fox's first triple double against the Hawks. It was just they blew the, they blew the Hawks out uh, in Atlanta. But it was so fun to watch uh, seeing you know De'Aaron Fox go at it. Um, yeah. So like I said, here's a question for you, Kyle. Sure. Kings are second in pace. Can you guess what they ranked last year? Uh, in pace? In pace, as a team. 20th. 29th. 29th. Wow. Second last. And so, literally a complete opposite. Like, they're running the ball. They're playing really good. Credit, uh, kudos to Dave Yeager for, you know, keeping his job <laughs> and, you know, making things work. Uh, the guard rotation's been awesome. Obviously, the big man has had more news and publicity with the Bagley-Bielitsa, you know, conflict. But 
His uh, back to De'Aaron Fox. His decision making still needs some work. I think once they get a more competent center other than Willie Cauley Stein, that will help him a lot. Still turns the ball over a lot, but the biggest thing is his assist. Four point four last year. He's averaging now seven point three, which is awesome. Um, and I always am kind of hesitant giving sophomores most improved because it's just the second year, and so. But if he's you know already producing at such a high clip, I think you gotta gotta give it to him. Um, he's the face of the Sacramento fran- franchise. Yeah. He's really owned that. He's a great team player, from what you know the media says and what what the way his teammates speak about him. And I think like he's a great leader, and I'm I really enjoy watching him play. Yeah, I think those are are really strong picks, and I I agree with a lot of it. I think um, just trying to think. Yeah, with uh, oh, let me think of the player that you you spoke of here a minute ago. Oh, Vucevic. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, back going back to Vucevic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Vuce, somebody's going to try and trade for Vucevic for the this playoffs. year's yeah for the deadline. Trade for him at the deadline. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Add a player for what's the, he getting? Uh, he's getting paid. He's on like a, a sizable, uh, double digit million dollar contract, but it's yeah. only one year. Yeah, and stuff like that can always kind of be kind of be worked around. Yeah, yeah, even like a. I don't know if you, if you really want to gamble, and you could do a, you know, trade for him and then sign him the next. The next year, I don't yeah, know. I can also bring him in for the playoffs, and if I decide I like him, resign him. And if I don't, I don't have to yeah. be because a mistake will be then. Like if you're going to make a mistake here, it's probably the next contract. Yeah, it's no, oh, yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. Pl- before, Yo, you yeah. did, yeah, yeah. But it's the next contract's the mistake at 28 mm-hmm. for a big like that. You can just just feel sketchy. Yeah, but, and I think the reason behind that is you put him in a good team. What happens? You know, he's been on the Magic his entire career, right? Yeah, so. And he's been on the Magic in a time where they have had nobody. Um, I think, and also kudos to Steve Clifford for you know really, the Magic have been not as, not as bad as I thought they would be. Um, but yeah, you you slot him into a good team, and you know who knows what what he turns into. Um, but you have any like off the top of your head that would be interesting? Uh, like teams yeah. for him? Um, I don't know if I have I have one specifically that I or I don't have. I don't really have a specific one that I can think out. How yeah. about yourself? Yeah, well, I I just I just thinking about it now. But what if he just goes a little more south to Miami? Yeah, he They're, feels Miami, a little bit like a Miami player. Yeah, Miami's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, they got you know some itches there with uh, Dragic and I don't know. Are they the same nationality? I don't know if that's um, a, a pulling factor for. Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, I, I don't... I do, Well, what is Dragic? Dragic, I believe, is Serbian. Yeah, I want to say Vucevic. No, he, uh, Dragic is Slovenian. Slovenian. I want to say... So, Luka is Slovenian as well. Doncic is Slovenian. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say that um, Vucevic is from Croatia. Croatia. That sounds right. Anyways... I think that'd be interesting. Whiteside, I have no idea what's going on with Hassan Whiteside right now. Um, that like he's not getting played, but I think you have a stretch five with Miami that could be really interesting, really really interesting. Yeah. Especially because they're going to get in the playoffs because it's the East. For sure. I don't know, but that's just off the top of my head. Yeah, well, um, right right now Miami's playing James Johnson at the four. Oh gosh. With uh, Whiteside at the five. Um, yeah. It, you kind of you kind of think all, rotation. yeah Olenek's there too like yeah maybe you think he's kind of the same player as Vucevic as far as like style sure and like yeah. when you're talking about adding a stretch four but if the price is right yeah you could try and make it happen 
Um, yeah, especially because Miami has a lot of terrible contracts that I think they need to get out of at some point or another. Yeah, which we, I know we've talked about that before on other on other episodes. Yeah, but. just like running through them quickly. Yeah, Tyler Johnson, Drogic, Waiters has become that. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ellington got a new contract. Olinick, there's a lot of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not their books yeah, that's are not, not looking great. great. Honestly, it's kind of the cheaper guys that they signed. Um, like example, James Johnson, cheaper mm-hmm. guys that they signed that have kind of worked out and are still playing a lot. But yeah, yeah that's a little bit messy there. Yeah, for sure. And Anyways, yeah. do you have anything to add? I was gonna say Derek Jones Jr. is the third power forward. Yeah, for the uh, who's been playing good, Miami but then Heat. the other night he just gets a DNP. So I like I I don't know. It's just, I've never been a huge Derek really Jones have Jr. You, fan. I well, like I have an Instagram account, so I've seen a lot of them. Okay. But like. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. But the guy can fly. The guy can fly. He's had a decent, like, the games he's played, he's been a bit decent. But uh, I think Spo said, like, you know, he's forcing me to play him because he's been, been good at the minutes. He's playing, he's, playing minute, like, he's playing 18 minutes a game, seven yeah. points, you know, yeah. almost a block a game. Yeah, he's not bad. A couple just, rebounds. Yeah, just kind it's of hard. A, and you're playing 18 minutes a game. Like, yeah, not a guy you would trust, though, with heavy minutes. That's the thing. Certainly not. Yeah. Anyways, coach of the year. Coach. Um, I. Yeah, I think you should you should leave this one off because I'm puzzled. Like I have a few, but I I can't really decide on one. So let's decide on one sure. together. Go Came ahead. down to three co- or two coaches for me. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Malone, Denver Nuggets, and uh, Budenholzer. Um, and I went with Mike Malone. Yeah. I think like a guy who was probably on the hot seat coming into the year. Oh, hundred percent. Even has, in the off season. Yeah. And it's gotten the best out of his team, and they've been fantastic. You know, they're they're uh, number two in the West, or but you look at them. That's a team that's like a hard out every night for anybody. Yeah, like they. I think of um, teams like okay, Atlanta. Remember a few years ago with Atlanta mm, with when like they had all those all stars. Yeah, and yep. they won the, the they won the East. Yeah, they're the first. Like when they go, would go out west and play Western Conference teams, it wasn't even like. They weren't even, like, really great games. Yeah. You were like, okay, like, yeah, they're number one because, like, LeBron's not – LeBron's first year back in Cleveland. Like, they're taking it kind of easy. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like a fake one seed. Yep. The Raptors have had a little bit of that vibe in the past. This – obviously, the Nuggets play in the West, but the Nuggets are not that. Like, it feels like if the Nuggets are playing an elite team, the Nuggets have a great chance to win every single night. Yeah. And I've been super impressed by them. So – and I've always thought Malone's a good coach and has gotten a little bit of a rough ride at times. So. Mm-hmm. He's he's my pick. Yeah, defensively they've stepped it up, which is unbelievable. I think they were fourth in in defense in the league for a while. I'm not sure what the exact number is now, but yeah, he's been awesome. I totally agree with that pick. Budenholzer, obviously because of the success uh, that the Bucks have had, and as far as like the kinks that they've ironed out, I mentioned you know Giannis at the beginning of the the episode. Um, you know, defending the three was something that the Bucks really struggled with over the years, and somehow they've. They've seemed to, to get it going. Uh, the Brooke Lopez signing was awesome. I don't know if that was, how much Budenholder was involved in that. He's um, been great. Uh, Nick Nurse, too, got to give him credit. Mm. He's also implemented a great defense, team defense. Um, underrated guy, Doc Rivers, with the Clippers that we mentioned, they're fourth. No one, yeah. saw, no one saw that coming. Doc Rivers is a winner. And I think he, last year was the first time in his career he missed the playoffs uh, as a coach. And so I... With the way they're playing now, he's on pace, but you you never know with the West. But he's been good. But yeah, I, I'd agree with the Malone. For pick. sure, I, I like think. I like those two names you mentioned too. 
I just held off on Nurse because um, he kind of took over a perfect situation. Sure. And that's the only yeah. reason I didn't. But I have been super impressed and think he's an amazing coach. Really liked him as an assistant with the Raptors before. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Doc Rivers just easily forgotten. and pe- like, Yeah. Both unfairly and also fairly. Um, Rivers gets a bit of a rough ride sometimes because mm. he has done made some like kind of crazy and wild decisions. But yeah, because um, he's also been kind of that GM slash coach role yeah. as well. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a like you look at the Clippers team. Sure, you got Montrez and then you got Tobias it's, Harris. It's a scorer. bunch of role players. Really. You got Gallinari, who you know every game you're praying he doesn't break something again, and he's been good. You know, halfway through the season, so we'll see if that continues. But also, like, really getting the most out of, you know, Shea. Shea Gilgis-Alexander mm-hmm. getting a lot out of um, Ty Wallace. Like, random guys off the bench that have been have been really good. So, I think he's been, you know, worthy. I don't think he wins the award, but you got to gotta give him credit on, on our show here. For sure. Um, we're good to, for All-Star. Let's jump into the All-Stars. Okay, so, so... You go... Why don't you give us your, your starters in the West? Okay. And uh, then I'll give our starters in the West. Yeah. Because I, I don't even know really know your teams. Okay, we yeah. We haven't really looked at this. So, so I'll then also... Then we can debate if there's any changes. Cause sure. I'm sure we'll have some similarities. Yeah. I'll also explain the way I picked. Um, I'm not sure the format. This year, I don't think they're doing it the same where it's kind of like a fantasy draft. It's. I it's, think they're thinking about doing it. I okay. think they're doing it that way. Again. I did it the traditional Western <laughs> Conference. So the traditional way is how the teams are... How the oh, right. And then you pick from the, those selected. pool, that pool of players. And then the gong show of the yeah. fantasy thing. Yeah, yeah anyways. Yeah, let's not, let's not go there. Um, gets me upset. So the way, yeah, the way I picked it is I looked at, you know, who on these, on these teams is, you know, having a great statistical season, who is, you know, a star on that team, who means a lot to that team. Um, so the West, I, and like starters reserves was, was hard for me, but I gave it to, to Curry at, you know, the starting point guard. Just because, you know, it's Curry and, you know, he's amazing. He's had a great year despite missing a few games uh, at the beginning there. Uh, I didn't even, like, put a traditional two. I put Durant as my, my two guard. If I, I guess if I had to put a traditional two, it would be DeRozan because none of the other guys are a traditional two. Um, at the three, I put LeBron. Um, four, Anthony Davis. And five, Nikola Jokic. Um, so what, what do you think, starters? You got a little bit of disagreement here. Okay. So I use the typically I it's two guards and what they call three front court players. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have Harden and Curry as my guards. Oh. Um, yeah. So, okay. I I so I yeah, you, I've misplaced Harden here because I had Harden last night, but he's not on my notes. Oh no. So okay, you talk about okay. You so, talk about yours because I got to sure, edit so this. I think it's like pretty pretty easy <laughs> like. <laughs> Harden, Harden and Curry as, as my two guards. Harden is there for me, so now I gotta cut someone. Okay, Curry. Like, okay, I'm all right. I'm I got it. Yeah, Curry a little bit banged up there, um, with the uh, with the injury kind of early on in the year and missed some time, but and kind of fell off a tiny bit from like the insane fifty fifty ninety yeah pace that he was on at the beginning of the year, uh, but like he's still shooting forty five and a half percent on eleven attempts a game, which is absurd. Yeah. Um, Really, if he doesn't get banged up early in the year and he doesn't play on the Warriors, he's very in play for MVP, I think. But I feel like we've said that about like eight guys today. Yeah. But that's just the way the NBA is now. Um, so yeah, and he's the best point guard in the NBA right now. 
I don't think there's really, I think that's pretty consensus. Yeah. So I had him. I talked a lot about Harden uh, when we talked about MVP. And yeah. And I, just for the record, Harden is in my starting five. I okay. totally, he wasn't on my reserves list either, either. And then I realized I made a mistake because okay. I was, I was editing this late last night and I must have. Don't worry. We'll, we Anyways, for, we yeah. forgive you. Go on. And then I have um, LeBron and Durant as two of the front court guys, I think. Yeah. It may, for me, I, I have LeBron slotted in there, has to be on there, mm-hmm. and he'll also guaranteed be a starter in the All-Star game. Yeah. And then uh, I have Durant because I think he's having a fantastic season mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, just like briefly with Durant, 28 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists a game. This will be his 10th straight All-Star appearance. Um, what I, yeah. yeah, on Durant real quick. It's crazy seeing how well he played when Curry was out. When Curry was out at the beginning there, it was unbelievable seeing him, you know, just be his own guy, uh, similar to kind of what we saw in OKC when, you know, Westbrook missed time and stuff like that. But it's it always amazes me when Durant is alone, like how productive he can be, and he's the, the first option. But anyway. sure. And then at the center position, um, center position I have uh, Jokic. I put Jokic at center. Tough life decision between him and Davis, um, but I just ended up going with the guy who I guess now technically, as of like last night or the night before, the Nuggets are first yeah. in the West. But in my notes, I'll have it as second because they're kind of tied with the Warriors. So okay, you know, first or second in the Western Conference right now. He's definitely been like kind of their leader, uh, and like we've talked on the show before about how fantastic of a player he is. Uh, they got a top ten defense right now, and mm-hmm. he's he's kind of the anchor of that defense. And also makes makes so many plays on the offensive side. So, and you know, quietly a top ten MVP guy. If the Nuggets continue this great season, no doubt, um, no doubt. So I ended up just selecting him over Davis for that final starter spot. Yeah. And uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So this is this is I'm so cl- conflicted by. So again, I'll do my top five. I change it out now. So I have Curry, Harden, LeBron. I put Davis and Jokic, Ooh. and then I got I guess Durant coming. As a reserve, yeah, which is just tough because if I would swap Curry and Durant, but there's no way that Curry and LeBron aren't starting in the All Star game just because of true they're the two most popular players in the league. Anyways, we'll go right to the reserve. So I got Durant, DeRozan uh, from the Spurs, Damian DeRozan. Damian Lillard, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns, threw in De'Aaron Fox, Ooh. just because I'm a big fan, <laughs> and Westbrook as well. Those are not in in order. But, right. But that's what I yeah. got. You've got pretty much, you've got a lot of agreement from me. Um, just the only players that I have different, I don't have DeRozan. Okay. Um, I actually have Mike Connolly. Interesting. From the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. And I... DeRozan was right there with a chance to make it for me. But I looked at the year Connolly's having. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been really up and down season. And he has not gotten a lot of, like that team's no. been pretty depleted. But, you know, they've kind of held their own at times. Yeah. Um, and I looked at his all his numbers. He's actually having like a pretty great season as far as statistically. And a part of me looked at it for that for that like twelfth. He was like the last guy in for me, but I looked at it and I said, you know, you're playing playing on a brutal team. He's kind of he's kind of being the numbers leader there. Came back from injury. Came back from injury, and I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in as a twelfth player. And for the great career he's had, this will be his for if if this comes to fruition, it would be his first all star appearance, which is crazy. Yeah. Um I listened to uh, the Low Post and Conley was on with, with Zach Lowe and, yeah. and they talked about like Zach Lowe is very good at asking just blunt questions. He's like, Do you wanna be in like do you wanna be in the all star team? 
And Connie's like, yeah, like I would like to be my first. And I thought about that when I was selecting, but I just don't think enough of the, like the way like the NBA works with like publicity and, you know, the stars are the stars. Honestly, I bet you like a lot of like Warriors fans, a lot of James Harden, LeBron fans couldn't tell you like who Mike Conley is. Probably. You know? And so I think a lot of these people voted, like the voting uh, ballots that we saw a couple yeah. last week was absurd. Well, absurd. Fan have, voting is the worst. Anyway, Derek Rose is going to be in the All Star game. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Um, all love to to Derek Rose. Um, yeah. Well, okay. And not all love. Anyways, we're, we're going to go off a tangent here. Uh, yeah, I that was a tough one for me, but I I had to give it to to DeRozan. I threw in Fox there too, just because you know, if not now, next year. But Doncic. Doncic, uh, I think, is most likely going to make the All-Star team because of what we talked about prior. Um, I had him originally, but just took him off because there's just too many good players in the West. But I have Doncic. You have Doncic? Yeah, so okay. Doncic is the only other player. Like, Over Fox. He and Conley are the only players I have difference on. So you would have Doncic instead of Fox and then Conley instead of DeRozan for me. Yeah. Not, not an order, yeah, but obviously. No, those, yeah. those are the differences. I just think he's having, like, I agree. Yeah, he... If Doncic might be a starter in the All Star game. I know the way the voting's going, <laughs> which is why the fact that he's helped to carry that team to a place where they're still like they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're still legitimately in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, They've skipped the rebuilding phase. The season he has had is yeah. The season he has had as a nineteen year old has been absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And then the and so that basically that's the main. To be honest, that's the main reasoning for for me putting him on. Yes. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. He's like he's kind of an elite playmaker at 19 years old, um, and yeah, I just I just think he deserves it. And uh, I'd rather like pick a player whose like team is still in the playoff hunt, like I said. And I feel like he's the main reason for it as a 19 year old. Absolutely. The only thing um, I was just gonna say about uh, about like Fox is I think yeah, like Fox, his time's gonna come. Yeah. As an all star, I just I just don't know uh, yeah. if it's. I might it's be jumping the there. gun. A lot of these guys I have on my fantasy team too, so I'm very biased. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I hear you. Should we should we run through these? Let's do it. Yeah, why don't you start off? Okay, with these? so I'll lead off with the starters. Um, I've got uh, Kyrie at guard. I have Ben Simmons at guard. I have uh, Kawhi Leonard as one of the forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giannis and then Embiid is my starting five. Yeah, so I'm pretty much in accord with you, except I have Oladipo as nice. my other guard, other than and then Simmons coming as a reserve. But I think like that's picking the five in the West and picking the five in the East is day and night, just because there's a, it like when you do All Star uh, teams like per conference, it really shows the discrepancy in the it does the talent level across the league. Yeah, and like for me, Oladipo having a having a fantastic year and yeah. missed I, a lot of time though, and that's the thing that held me back, Nate. Yeah. That was the thing that caught me. Um, he's missed 11 games. He's missed more than 25% of his team's games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to be that guy, but it just, like, I just, that's the main reason that Simmons went over him for yeah. me. And I have Oladipo as the first player that I entered into my bench. Like, when I made my starters, I didn't even think. I just, boom, I put Oladipo, Oladipo. in as a reserve. That's fair. Um, so he was right there for me, but it's just you're missing 25% of your team's games. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like we love Ol- like people love Oladipo and everything. So he's going to get a little bit of a pass and probably make it as a starter. Yeah. But I would push if, if this was James Harden or 
Steph Curry and they missed 25% of their games, I think it'd be a real conversation. Yeah, I would push back on the injury part just because I think a lot of those 11 games was just precautionary. I think he had a knee issue, if I recall. Sure. And I think the, the way Indiana is on pace for, like being the three or the four seed, I think you don't want to risk it at all with your star player. So I think a few of those games might have just been, oh yeah, he's still injured. Um, but yeah, that, that's your your logic is sound to me. Um, I'll do my reserve. So I had Kemba. Yep. Uh, again, this is no particular order. Kemba, Blake Griffin of the Detroit Pistons, Bradley Beal, Washington Wizards, Ben Simmons, uh, 76ers, Kyle Lowry, Raptors, Vucevic, had to throw him in there just because, again, I think he's just having a monster season over the Orlando Magic, and I threw in Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls. Wow. Just because I was getting to the end, and I was like, who is a stud? And I don't know. I think, especially the Eastern Conference, Levine's been, been balling. He's been showing that he's worth the, the contract, that Chicago match there. That's but fair. Anyways, tell, 20, me, tell 20, me what you got. Just for Levine, oh, 23 yeah. and a half points a game. Yep. Um, working on four assists, four and a half rebounds. We'll round up there. Um, <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Like, yeah, it's a nice year. Um, tell me tell me yours then. I mean, sure. Can yeah, compare. sorry. I, I, yeah. I'm getting sidetracked. No, here. it's all good. So, well, we don't have much to compare because I have, other than the Oladipo-Simmons swap, yeah. I too have all of the same players as you except for... Levine, okay. who I selected J.J. Redick. Oh, drum roll for J.J. Redick. Okay. Um, I selected J.J. based because I feel like this move to the bench, which I wasn't really sure about at the kind of beginning of the season, he's really just embraced it and played it really well and I think been a huge part of that team. You know, that team's always going to ride and die, and I'm speaking of the 76ers, yeah. is always going to ride with Simmons and Embiid because those are the stars. But what... Reddick's been able to do to help them off the bench. He is actually he's on pace to be the oldest player in NBA history to set a career high in points per game. Dang. Uh, and there's, yeah, you have to have played at least five seasons. Yeah. To, for that to count, but he would be the oldest player. The All Star Game's also in his home city of Charlotte. Oh, so it might be a little his first All Star Game back home. That's just one of the things too. But I just think the way that he's played off the bench and also. Has like contributed defensively, I just I decided to reward him. But okay. I, at the same time, I can't really come down too critically on the Levine pick because it's just tough to pick that seventh bench player for the Eastern Conference, which is crazy. Yeah, compared to the West. Yeah, I'm just curious. So you think Redick? Is, what I'm just I haven't watched a ton of Philadelphia sure. just because I don't like watching the Sixers that much because um, I'm not a Simmons and Embiid uh, fan. But defensively, like, I know that Reddick's been, last year in the playoffs, Boston attacked him. Yeah. Like, just attacked him. So I, I'm curious, like, what's your reasoning behind the, the, the defense? Because I, I, not because I, I'm questioning it, just because I don't know. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's been, it's been that, like, I wouldn't say it's, obviously, we saw it in the playoffs last year. Not, yeah. a, not good. Um, but I, I think he's been, he's been fine this year. I think typically, like, his career, he hasn't been a terrible a terrible defensive player, um, and like his defensive numbers have been have been average probably, which is for a shooting guard off the bench that be kind of average defensively is usually a win. And uh, I think too, just like for me, it's maybe not something that can like really be backed by stats, which is not usually my uh, my bent as far as yeah. like com- I mean the the defensive or like the impact to the team. 
I think is the main reason that I, that I wanted to select him. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Let's do a couple like honorable mentions for me, like for the West, uh, Tobias Harris having an awesome year with the Clippers. He's kind of their go-to guy. Clint Capella having a career year, um, been just hit a career high 30, 31 points the other night, been playing really good. Uh, a lot of Harden's assists can be directly accredited there. For the East, um, Markkinen just had a mm-hmm. you know had that elbow injury, didn't come back uh, until December, I believe, or, or late November. Um, and then uh, the John Wall, I mean, no, John Wall can't play even if he if he um, was out was out because uh, he had he had the surgery and he's at home chilling now, um, growing his hair out. But he's you know he had a great start to the year. Um, Redick, wow. I, it's just crazy that, like, even like that, I put Zach Levine because I have no idea who else. Like, I'm trying to think, can you think of any other player that, like, we might have missed? Not really. And that's one of the reasons, like, yeah, my case for the Reddick one, maybe not. Uh... Yeah. Let's pull, pull, up, uh, pull up the Eastern Conference. Sure. I just want to – because I, I usually just oh, look, like, at, uh, look at the teams. Oh, okay. Sure. And I'm just, like, thinking of, of stars on the teams because there's – it's so weird seeing the discrepancy here. And, yeah, so, like, Toronto, we got Lowry and Kawhi. Sure, yep. Milwaukee, Jesse Giannis, Indiana. Miles, oh. you could maybe argue it. Miles Turner, I'll give him an honorable mention. He's yeah. also missed a bunch of time, and the offense hasn't been great, as we mentioned before. Philly, got all those guys. Boston, it's just Kyrie. Yep. Brooklyn, uh, Angelo, no. Like, maybe you could say no. Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, yeah, okay, Dinwiddie. Sure. I, Dinwiddie was an honorable mention for me. But yeah. it and I'm saying this, and I just took a bench player, but no, I, no, it but just gets a little bit like... It's, it's what it's down to in the Eastern yeah. Conference, right? Miami, absolutely no one. No. Charlotte. Uh, Kemba. Kem- Kemba. Maybe Frank Kaminsky. Just kidding. Uh, Detroit. We took Blake. Oh, Drummond. Yeah, like I took... So I actually had Drummond, but then I put Vucevic. Just because Drummond kind of slugged his way into the All-Star game last year. He obviously gets the stats, but a guy like Drummond, he's going to get stats every year. He just hasn't done anything... Like, new for me, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, sure, he, he can get an honorable mention. Orlando, Vooch, Washington, Bradley Beal's team. Atlanta, honestly, here's my thing. Friend of the show, John Collins, if he started the year John. and didn't come back just in November, he'd be on the team because he he's going off it right now when Col- he came back. Collins is 25 games played this year, 19 points a game. Ten and a half rebounds. Yeah. Two and a half assists. And he, that's probably again in the in the Fox category. Like his time will come. Like I next year, so too, like yeah. he's you know we've been fans of him ever since like the pre-draft. So I think his time will come. And but he's he's having a great year, and I think he'll continue to just. Yeah. Uh, no, it, that but, last. I, I'm I'm really interested to see like um, as like more NBA experts and stuff kind of release their picks to kind of see who they slot in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's tough. It's I, tough in the East. All I'll say, I think you're going to see more people on, and I, when I say Twitter, I mean like NBA Twitter, yeah. and like people that are beyond smarter than I am for sure. I think you're going to see Redick on a lot of their teams. Man, but I, but is that just I is, is that be just surprised. because there's not enough sample size? Like maybe because y- I'm trying to think. The last time a team had three players on an All Star team, I. My earliest recollection is the Celtics when they had Rondo. Well, Atlanta, well, they had, Atlanta, four. They Atlanta had, four. had three or four the year that they won the East a few years back. 
Yeah. Teague made it. Um, Millsap, Millsap made it. Horford. Horford made it. And did Damari make it that year? Damari Carroll was an all-star? I, there, they, no way. There's a fourth player that made it. Corver made it. So oh, it wasn't yeah, Damari Carroll. Corver made it that year. So they had four. Yeah. So, yeah, then I guess the Celtics had four with KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Rondo in 08 or 09. Um, but, yeah, I mean, three players on the sixth. Oh, the, the other thing, too, that often in the room, J- Jimmy Butler is not here just because he, yeah. he just made it to the conference. Jimmy probably makes it in that reserve spot. Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I felt kind of wrong that I felt like I punished him a little bit because of everything that's gone on mm-hmm. and just entering the conference, but I think Jimmy probably gets that spot now. Yeah. I. It's Man, it's tough. It's really tough. I, the, you know the, what? The I'm, sure shot guys for me on the reserves are Kemba, Griffin, Beal. And then, like, then it starts getting shaky with, for me, just because I'm, I'm not a huge Simmons guy, but Simmons and Lowry both, you know, like, Lowry's having a great year, assist-wise. Yeah. But, yeah, the, those last four slots are very, very shaky, and there's not enough sample size. I think you'll just see a lot, like, people are kind of going to do what we just did, right? Where you pick yeah. a guy that, like, you feel has been a little more, has been a little better or a little more valuable to his team than maybe the public thinks. Mm-hmm. So, for me, Redick, for you, Levine. Yeah. And then I think that's kind of what you're going to see in that range. But I think if you, like... Think of like really like a chalk ballot. I think Butler probably gets onto somebody's ballot, and then it gets a little easier, right? Like yeah, absolutely. We only were grinding over one player. Mm-hmm. So. One guy too on the west side. I just thought of that probably won't make it to a lot of reserve teams. Devin Booker, but again, has his been, teams won ten games. Yeah, his teams won ten tricky. games, and he's, he's always missing time with his hand or yeah. whatever hamstring. But yeah, that's tough. Anyways, that's a. Uh, I think we're. In a, in a large part, in, in, in agreement with uh, the All-Stars. The All-Stars. Yeah. You got anything else? No, I think that's it for me. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you guys for listening. We know it's been a, a long time, <laughs> and we'll hopefully get some more pods uh, soon. Uh, but thank you for listening. Talk to you next time.